right, welcome back to season four on the Hall Pass podcast. We are at episode six today. Thank you to the Admission Masters for sponsoring us as we are so excited to be able to bring you special guests and new content this season. I'm your host, Jenny Wheatley, and today I have with me Jay Punkage and Richard. Hello. And Richard is a newly... Wedded dude. Wedded husband. Woo! Congratulations. Thank you. How does it feel to be married, Richard? It feels exactly the same as it was before, (laughs) but I have a ring on my finger. Why does it sound like my condolences? (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Richard. Come on. Did you are you going to a funeral or something after this? I'm I'm very excited. It's it's very, very exciting times. You look good. Thank you. You I'm look, very tan. I just came look, back from my honeymoon. Yeah, you look Bora Bora'd. Yeah, Bora Bora'd. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, thank congratulations. You, you. Your wedding was amazing. And, uh, you know, some of us who actually went to the wedding. Mm. Jay had to look after <laughs> his sick grandma. Thank you very much. It's very Unfortunately, un- understandable. I, I couldn't make it, Richard. I'm sorry about that. That's <laughs> no, okay. okay. You were okay. there with us in spirit. Thank yeah, you. Thank we you, thought thank about you. you as we said cheers. How touching, my boys. And girl. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, we've been getting a lot of requests uh, from our listeners about, uh, you know, what to prepare for as the school year comes to an end. Um, so as we approach the end of the school year, we thought we'd give you a quick checklist of what you should consider and be mindful of. Uh, we know this is a very stressful time for some of our students as there's a lot kind of coming up. And I'm sure you guys have a lot of questions about, oh, what do I do now? You know, what do I do for the next two or three months um, after school is over? It's crazy. The year flew by. Um, So we want to make it easier for you to digest all of that information and your next steps. So today we are going to do an end of the year what you must consider episode. Uh, So let's just kind of go down the simple things and we'll have, you know, Punkage and Jay and uh, Richard chime in about some of these things. So first of all, for those of you who may or may not know, AP season is here dun, dun, dun. and uh, first three weeks of May is uh, AP testing so I know a lot of you guys are pretty much starting next week uh, and the week after that uh, is are the last of the test so best of luck on the APs for all of you let's do a round table of just quick tips quick tips one quick tip we're gonna do a quick tip quick tip round wow. table <laughs> in regards to we're gonna say we're gonna say exactly this is this is this is a podcast right it's live so here we go Mm. quick tip on either a preparing Mm. for the ap exams like what can you do what would you tell a student quick tip okay Mm. or Mm. just like advice as you go into the ap season i know a lot of students are stressed so i'll start since i was the one that created this Uh, I think a lot of students forget that sleeping and eating are two very important things when you're testing. And I think a lot of students focus on like, I need to get all the information that I possibly can. And so like they only sleep for three or four hours a night. Um, But honestly, your memory works a lot better when you're well rested. Uh, And so my students out there, study you should have at this point if you don't know all of the material you know you you know as much as you know right don't try to cram last minute material just be confident in what you know and get rest i think that's super important not too much rest but just get rest we'll go whoever wants to go next we'll go next i'll go (laughs) um when it comes to ap tips i'd say guys it's um it's 2019 there's something called Khan Academy. They partner with College Board. If you're not aware, College Board is the maker of the SAT as well as the AP exams. And so might as well go directly to the source. Um, Khan Academy actually has a really good program that's online that's free. And that even helps you with scheduling out your study sessions. 
So I would argue first, you know, when is the actual wind down time of the end of the year? I'd say beginning end of March. That's when you want to start thinking about these kinds of things we're going to discuss today. So in preparation for AP prep, I'd say go on to Khan Academy um, and probably take some courses there beginning either mid-March or end of March. That's how I'd start. That's the passive kind of prep that you would really want to get. Um, if you obviously need more prep than that, or if you think that you need more discipline to, you know, control how much time you can spend or you, you invest in studying, then maybe going to a lead or an academy might be good for you. Um, but that obviously comes with additional logistical issues like uh, the cost of it or, or having to go to meet the schedule and go every day or on the weekends. Mm. So there are two ways to approach this. Um, I'd say online courses are great. Uh, I highly recommend Khan Academy. Um, but it's mainly for students who know how to self-discipline themselves. If you feel like you're not going to be able to do so, if your son or daughter uh, hasn't shown a track record of being very diligent with their self-studying, uh, then maybe going to uh, a place like Elite or, or, or Princeton Review might give them that structure so that they can be successful. I'm a big fan of practice tests and then doing it over and over again. Does Khan Academy have yeah. those? Yeah, yeah. So they even pace them out. They offer multiple uh, sample questions and then tests and uh, it's actually a really good program. You might want to check it out. Mm. All right, Richard, last but not least, or actually, Punkish, we didn't have one you, for you either. So one of the questions I have with AP is, <coughs> and I'd be curious as to the advice you would give, it, are those students that have multiple on the docket, like three or four, maybe five, mm. um, do you recommend taking them all or just taking what you feel confident in as a student? It's a great question. I think for the most part, you know, we recommend students to go ahead and take the AP exams because, you know, a lot of schools and high schools do have grade inflation. And so, you know, even if you're taking an AP course and you're getting an A, which shows the level of effort that you're putting into the classroom, but sometimes knowledge um, or like a lot of times admission officers will look at your AP exam test score to see if you had a good uh, knowledge base for what you were learning in those AP classes. And so, um, you know, for our students, we usually recommend them to go ahead and take all the APs. But of course, you know, there are, you know, a handful of students who are just, you know, if they have five or six uh, that they're having to take and the number of APs and just the knowledge um, that they weren't able to access or gain throughout the school year, it makes it harder for them to um, take all six. And so like I tell students like, okay, pick and choose, but, you know, we want to make sure that we can do the best we can on these AP tests. I feel like you might as well take all of them because for most colleges they don't require you to, to, to submit all of your AP scores anyways so if you do well on it and you at least pass you get a three then you should submit that score but if you don't pass and you get a one or a two you can hide your score essentially and they just won't know it. yeah you wouldn't report it and they just wouldn't know what you ended up getting um, I, I want to give a, yeah I want to give an exception to that because generally speaking I'd probably say like 95% of the time if you get an AP score you don't like when you go to the actual application process, it's a voluntary submission of what AP scores you want to show. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes the high school that you attend will include your AP In your scores transcript. into your transcript. Yeah. So sometimes you aren't able to hide it. So that could be something you should look into At asking your, your office. Yeah, yeah your school yeah. office. Hey, do you guys include the AP tests and SAT2s? Also, if you don't submit a score, whether or not it's because you decided not to take the test or because you felt like you, or because you, you didn't pass it, um, colleges might wonder why 
So they'll yeah. either think, uh, why didn't he take the AP exam? Did he not feel adequately prepared? Yeah. Or he did an A in the class. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Or did he fail it? And is he just not disclosing his score with us? Yeah. It's and on the that, on that oh, same sense, like that can offset a bad uh, grade, right? Like if you got a B or maybe even a C on your um, class, but yeah, then you end up getting a four or five on the AP exam, like that can also offset the fact that you didn't do so well in your at grades. least it opens a door to give an explanation right. because there's a discrepancy right the best thing about ap is if you get fours and fives and even a three maybe it's called just give you credit you can come in as a second semester freshman or even a first save semester money. Sophomore. save money save yeah. time huge yeah. with, with college tuition these days yeah all right let's move on i uh, didn't get to save my tips so, oh sorry richard i thought you <laughs> were on, saying Jenna. tips sorry sorry it's because you're married now yeah, yeah. Oh, dear. You, you i was gonna over, say you get overlooked when you're married i was gonna say meditate but i don't i don't think that's the answer people are looking for so <laughs> I, I was gonna say <laughs> we're very close to the uh, to the uh beginning of these ap exams um you can still make a study schedule i think it probably would have been helpful if you did it earlier but uh, within these last few days, if you just want to focus on your weaknesses and make sure that you're really hitting on those things in these last few days before the exams, it's probably a good idea. Nice. And uh, Punkage, I, I overlooked you as well. My apologies. My tip was just to take them all because you'll oh, get credit okay. and save your parents' tuition. Yeah. I'm always looking out for the parents and fifty, mm. sixty thousand yeah, dollars yeah, tuition. Yeah. Awesome. You never know what kind of credit you'll get if you pass it and get three or four. Absolutely. Um, and then for those of you who are looking at the June test, some of you are taking SAT2 subject tests in May um, alongside your AP exams. Um, but some of you have opted to do that in June. There's SAT2s in June. There's SAT1 in June. There's ACT in Ju June. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of tests in June that, you know, some of my students are taking. So, uh, you know, just for that, just be mindful and, and make sure if you are taking, you know, we always tell students if you're taking an AP U.S. history um, and you need to take subject tests, SAT2 subject tests, then you might as well take the U.S. history SAT2 as well, uh, just because it's very similar content. You'll obviously still have to study and you have about a month to study extra um, after your AP tests are over. So that's just something that you might want to consider for those of you who are possibly taking SAT1 or ACT in June. Um, you know, just like I've been saying, make sure that you have been studying. It's not a last minute decision that you should make it really should be something that has been planned does anyone else have any like kind of advice on sat2s sat or act that's coming up in june i think you hit it spot on may is the month of ap tests you might want to kill two birds with one stone i would argue what let's say for example ap us history you take in may if you study for that about 90 percent of the material 95 percent would be covered by for the sat2 mm -hmm. so to spot treatment that in june a month later all you need to do honestly is just buy a prep book mm -hmm. and just go through that prep book on the weekends yeah take practice tests. yeah take I'd actually practice. Yeah, go, yeah. go far and say it's a disservice to wait um, yeah. past June yeah, because yeah. You're the, that the, the knowledge is fresh in your yeah, head yeah, yeah, you know, why yeah. relearn it later yeah. Just right. get over so my knee jerk reaction is like in June it's not as ideal to take the SAT 1 or ACT especially if you haven't taken any subject tests yet mm -hmm. I usually reserve June for subject tests and then I push back the SAT or ACT to August or, or September uh, the other reason behind that is because, you know, honestly, the most important priority from March until the end of the school year, June typically for students, is GPA management. Your second semester grades are so important. Mm -hmm. So it gets to a point sometimes where a student is struggling. I'd say, okay, put aside volunteering for a month, put aside, you know, the extra obligations and just focus on this. You can always come back to it after June. Mm hmm. Yeah. So bringing up that um, whole second semester GPA, just for our seniors who have already, uh -huh. today is commit day. Today is SIR day. Today <laughs> oh, is 
statement yeah, of intent to register today. Today is also May 1st. Today May Day. Today is May Day. And happy right? birthday, Maya. My eldest daughter's birthday oh. today. Oh, happy, happy birthday. Shout happy out. birthday, Maya. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, it's also SIR Day. So um, for those of you who are like, I have some seniors who have emailed me and were like, do I have to take all of my AP tests at this point? Or... Uh, they ask me how low can my GPA get before I get rescinded? What's like the minimal cutoff, right? And so I would just say, you know, finish off the year strong. Uh, you don't want any C's um, in terms of APs. Take what you can. You're not going to get rescinded for not taking all of your APs. Um, but be mindful of the credit component of it and what credit you would receive. Um, so senior year is a slightly different. Um, but all of our other students, juniors, uh, sophomores, freshmen, even our eighth graders, your second semester GPA ending that year strong is going to be very important as Jay mentioned. Um, so finals, uh, finish your school year strong with your finals. I know finals, I think some of our students like in the Irvine Unified School District, they have finals before APs. So mm -hmm. they have finals this week and then they have APs next week and then their school kind of just like is over after that. Mm -hmm. um, so it's same thing as we mentioned with the APs, you know, study hard, um, ask for study guides, uh, ask all the questions that you have to your teachers, right? Do you guys have any kind of things you want to talk about finals? It's a grind. You have to plan, get a good plan, execute that plan. Um, so normally I think studying for finals, I mean, it's a big deal. You're going to have to at least consider it to be like at minimum a two week in advance type of organizing and planning type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, if you are, you know, at this point where uh, you're not thinking ahead like that, then the finals can really bite you, especially when you're going towards the upperclassmen years, like in junior year or senior year. Mm -hmm. So my first kind of question I have with my students is what's your plan what's your study schedule look like yeah. and once you create that schedule you can then start to identify like how much time you have to spend for each subject mm -hmm. um, so students if you're anxious about the finals and you're trying to figure out what you want to do about that anxiety mm -hmm. pull out a schedule create a plan that's the first step yeah I love that create a plan um, all right. So moving into let's stop talking about academics for just a moment because I feel like our students are already pretty stressed. So um, obviously these are just small uh, pieces of advice, but make sure you're thinking about that. For those of you who got, who don't know, um, May also is uh, the week of Teacher Appreciation Week. Teacher Appreciation Week is Monday, May 6th, so coming up and ends on Friday, May 10th. The actual Teacher Appreciation Day is the 7th, but um, in the United States, it actually is celebrated for that entire week. Um, so your teachers have been working so hard um, for you and to teach you and to um, help you through the school year um, and so having a week honestly I was a teacher for four years and like a week just doesn't seem enough to feel the appreciation but I think in a lot of ways our, our teachers are very undervalued and underappreciated so um, appreciate those teachers out there claps for all of you for working so hard um, through some of the stressful times as well. Um, and so let's go around, uh, do a round table. I love round table today. What, what's something that a student can do for Teacher Appreciation Day to show their appreciation for their teacher? One thing, not more than one. <laughs> oh, geez. Just one? Just one. Well, um, Punkage can start. Since my kids are doing this, uh, interestingly enough, at their school, Teacher Appreciation Week is this week. Oh. So it started on Monday. Yeah. I don't know why they, it's off. They, uh, yeah. But um, they gave flowers on the first day. Oh. And like a flower, then the, the the class mom or class dad would get the flowers together and make a bouquet. Ooh. 
Ooh, it was really, really cool. Yeah. One of the student teachers in Dylan's kindergarten class is getting married. And so she asked all of the kids in the class, all the kindergartners, write marriage advice. Oh, so nice oh my God. Cool that's template. so Imagine cute. getting like 30 kindergartners giving marriage yeah, advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyways, a lot of cool that's things. A lot of creative cute. things. That Share you can the do. toys. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Eat first. Yeah. Wash your hands. <laughs> but yeah, no, just to pair what you're saying, Jenny, the teachers do a lot. And they're juggling a lot, yeah. a lot, a lot of students in these classes. So, um, appreciate them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think, um, normally I'm used to getting Starbucks cards and I actually have a question for you guys today. Like what, <laughs> what dollar figure do you think is like appropriate? 25, 25. Jeez, Whoa, man. That's, that's a nice. lot. That's nice. I Yeah. I think that, I, that's a couple cups of coffee it's two coffees i guess if it's every teacher that yeah you're getting yeah, yeah, or yeah you have like yeah. seven or eight teachers yeah. that's kind of a lot it's i think it's hard to put you know seven or eight teachers tw- 25 for the teachers who are writing your recommendation <laughs> okay 10 for the other ones wow <laughs> do the teacher hey jenny you have some teaching experience yeah, here. do yeah, the yeah. teachers kind of come together at like the teaching lounge or like hey look what i got that's so that's so interesting well for us like you know i when i taught uh pre-k and kindergarten it was um, I was their only teacher. I mean, I it was me and then my assistant teacher. So it's not like an English teacher in high school who gets to, you know, compare with all the other English teachers or something like that. It's kind of different in that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, teachers talk about what they get all the time or even if they don't talk about it, they just see the number of things that they have to carry out like mm. to their car on Teacher Appreciation Week. Mm. I mean, the, like the more you have, the more you know that you're liked as a teacher. I don't know. It, it, that, that might just seem kind of wrong, but I, I think that's something that people just compare all the time. Yeah. So yeah. I wouldn't, you know, I'm, I'm always... Don't get me wrong. I love getting my Starbucks cards. But when I'm looking at the gifts that I received as a counselor over the years, um, there's one that I really, really liked, which was simple. It was a it was a flower. I don't know if you guys been to my Irvine office in mm-hmm. my room. Mm-hmm. There's a purple flower that's just there. And I love that Miss Ma- uh, Miss Maria, our office manager, mm-hmm. she comes in to like water my plants <laughs> and stuff. Well, I'm go. not capable of taking care of plants. <laughs> it's just uh, a flower. <laughs> but you have Come a on. dog. <laughs> but I have a dog. Um, but uh, yeah, I think um, that personal touch Something that a teacher can keep on her desk in the classroom. Ooh, that's a good it's one. It's like a good reminder. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, I, th- I think if you want to avoid the dollar amount, try to go sentimental path. Yeah. I honestly think plants in a classroom, super easy to do. Yeah. Richard? I think just getting a handwritten card is always a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, if for whatever reason you can't get it to your teacher or you forget, you can always send an email. But a nice personal handwritten card can go a long way in showing your appreciation for Wait, your What do you write in the card? Thank you for being my teacher. Well, no, it's Bye. gotta be personal. Yeah, personal. yeah. yeah I was gonna. Personal. My my advice was gonna say personalization. Harken back to like, you know, anecdotes from the previous year, like what happened in the class. Yeah. What you really specific. like something specific your teacher did that you really appreciate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So You've moments been coming in to okay. get like uh, you know additional help outside of class. Yeah. Like say thank you for that. That's so you want to think of the moments in class you. That's enjoyed. another thing. Yeah, because for us, like when we get cards from students, like we we like <laughs> we're like, oh, I wonder if this student wrote the same exact thing for me as they did for <laughs> this person too, and it's just natural. We're we're hu- teachers are human too, but personalization is key. If you notice that your teacher loves loves pink buying them something pink is is gonna say something or like my students who buy me clothes for my son like they remember that I have a son and more importantly they like remember how old my son is and they buy clothes that like 
that reflect that they know how old my son is. I think those things go a long way. And um, since I was a teacher, I, I would say handwritten cards and like personalized gifts are actually the best. I think they it just makes me feel like, oh, the student really knows me. They're not doing this for an alternative like purpose right they're doing it because they they genuinely appreciate me i think mm -hmm. that genuinity goes a long way um and so richard you talked about teacher recommendation letter or teacher recommendations you said 25 dollars for you know, <laughs> that was just an arbitrary dollar. number by the way. <laughs> let's transition into teacher recommendations because uh, i know i have a lot of juniors class of 2020 students right now and i think a lot of questions that a lot of them ask me are when do i ask my teachers for recommendations and when's a good idea well good time to do that um, so what do you guys think? I mean, what what are some things that you would tell students or juniors for teacher rec? So I always say that before the end of the, the school year, as a junior, you should give your teachers a heads up that you want their recommendation letters. And that's not you formally asking them for that, but really just to kind of get a sense of, like, number one, who you should be asking. And that's kind of based on, like, how enthusiastic the teachers are about writing your rec letters. Mm. I think there's a difference between, like, if you ask a teacher to write your recommendation and that teacher says, of course, I'd be happy to write your recommendation. And then another teacher says, you know, I can if if you don't have anyone else to ask for a recommendation letter. Yeah. That just knowing how enthusiastic they are to yeah. write your rec letter can give you a good idea of who you should actually be asking next year early during your senior year um, for recommendation letters. Let's yeah. let's do something, Jenny. You ready? Yeah. I actually want to do a role playing scenario here. Let's let let's see how I Vincent, love role playing. <laughs> role play and show us because you know the one of the biggest <laughs> things that I have is like someone would advise you do this, but they don't give you the way how to do it, right? So yeah. let's do that today. I'm going to be doctor or what, what should I be? Oh, Punkage, you could be the teacher here. Okay? Oh, I like that. You're Mr. Like Sharma. You, you teach All what? Right. What class do you teach? I teach uh, PE. Okay, so this is <laughs> this is after you lunch. You need an academic teacher recommendation for yeah. most colleges. I was, that was a test. I wanted to see if Jay was going to ask the PE teacher. <laughs> I actually jumped you failed. That. You failed. asked the PE teacher. She's your PE teacher slash history teacher. Maybe there there's a PE major. Why That's you, literally uh, my why English teacher was also guys, our PE Why are you thinking yeah. the stereotype? Yeah, I was PE and history. I was going to say. My history teacher was my PE teacher. My history teacher was my PE teacher. So was mine. So was mine. So was mine. Okay, I'm, his, I'm your A-push a teacher. So let's okay, say you're the A-push teacher. teacher. It's after lunch. Go ahead, Vincent. Show us how it's done. Oh, me. I thought it was going to be Jay. <laughs> All right, so I would go up to, this is the end of the school year. Yeah. I'd say, hey, Mr. Sharma, um, you know, I'm going to be applying for college next year. I'd really appreciate it if you can write me a recommendation. Do you think that'd be a possibility? Oh, Jay, uh, Richard, thanks for asking. Um, I think, you know, I, I, I would have no problem doing it for you. Perfect. Is there anything that I need to do or anything that I need to fill out to get your recommendation? Yeah, probably give me your resume because I know a little bit about you. I don't know everything about you in mm -hmm. high school, but you can give me your resume and some of the things you're doing. I'll probably, I don't have my questionnaire that I give to my students anymore. Okay. Okay. All right. Pause. Um, <laughs> I wanted to well, say, I'm glad you asked me because like, a lot of times what students do is they say, I want you to give me a recommendation. Like yeah. I want, yeah. you know, you, you were very good in saying, I appreciate it. It's a possibility. It's a possibility. You got to soften the ask because yeah. you got to understand the student is asking the teacher. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. So good job, Richard. Thank you. I'll write yeah, you Richard, a good one. Yeah, that's, It'll be that two lines. Really good. And, that, and that follow up was really good too. I think saying like, do you need anything from yeah. me? Like what are my next steps? Follow and like, right. yeah, what right. can so, I do? Yeah, and on that note, so it's, a lot of teachers are gonna ask you to fill out what's called a brag sheet or a senior profile for your recommendation letter, which is essentially a, like a questionnaire where you get to write about yourself, mm -hmm. like your strengths, your weaknesses, any challenges that you've overcome, anything mm -hmm. along those lines that will help the teachers to personalize your recommendation. Mm -hmm. If your teachers don't give you one, 
we, we would usually give one for our students that they can give to their teachers next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do want to kind of get a sense of, you know, if you do have to fill out anything for your teachers for their recommendations. Also, some teachers want to write your recommendations early in the summer, yeah. which is why it's a good idea to at least, again, give them that heads up before the summer begins. Yeah, just gauge, gauge their interest, right? A lot of teachers might be like, hey, I don't want you to write I don't don't ask me this until next year. right? Like some teachers are like, I'm so done with school right now. Um, And that could be the case. And so like just like temperature check. Right. Just going up to them and just asking them just the way that Richard did right now. I also tell students to have like a very open conversation with them, saying something along the lines of like, hey, Mr. Sharma, you know, I don't know if you know this, but, you know, you're one of the teachers that I actually feel like really close to um, throughout my high school career. I feel like I've developed a really close relationship with you. And as you know, I'm applying for colleges and Next year so I was wondering what you felt about writing me a recommendation letter something like that where yeah. you're like starting with kind of a personal yeah. connection and then right? if your teacher gives a response of something like you know I gave you a D in the class and this is not going to make me change it to a C you better just walk away and <laughs> ask right, another teacher for the best yeah. would you like my resume <laughs> oh wait let's talk wait let's talk about because you I might get that you might get that you really connect with a teacher but you got a C yeah. or a D you know but you really connect you know <laughs> oh would you like my resume because <laughs> they you know deer in headlights moment they, some well, students well, do let, that let's talk about this what happens if you don't get the response that you want how Oof. do you how do you respond respectfully right so if, if i said that to mr sharma and mr sharma says to me you know jenny i i gave you a d in the class and i don't think that this is going to help me move to a, a c you know i don't know if i'm the right person to write your recommendation letter jay how do you respond to that yikes <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, like. Do you uh, want my resume? Yeah. <laughs> Do you want my resume? We're, we're, we're back in the role play. So I'd say, oh, um, you know, I, I understand. Um, thank you for, um, thank you for considering. Anyways, I yeah, appreciate. Short it. and sweet. Yeah, I, I understand. I, thank you for your honesty. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because actually, they, you should thank them for their honesty. I mean, you'd rather would you get like my resume? You'd rather get a no up front. <laughs> and would you like my resume? You'd rather get a, a no up front than a really card? bad recommendation, you know? <laughs> a two-line recommendation. Yeah. I gave him a D in class, yeah. and uh, I don't think... I, I have reservations about his application to your yeah. school. Oh. That's what you want to avoid. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, okay, so moving into kind of our last uh, part of this, you know, this what do we do as we approach the end of the school year? We're going to talk about solidifying summer plans. So a lot of you guys should have a pretty general good idea about what your summer plans should be. Um, but for those of you who don't know and still thinking, I, I still have a lot of potential students who come in and still ask me those questions. They're like, I still don't know what I'm doing over the summer. So we kind of created a general list of questions that you should ask yourself, and hopefully that will help you and guide you to finding those answers or seeking support to get those answers. So I'm going to start with eighth and ninth graders, and then we'll kind of move across the table and you guys can um, talk about 10th graders and, and so on and so forth. So my eighth and ninth graders, I think you should start asking yourself, like, do I know what I want to do when I grow up? Right. Do I have interests? Like, do I do I like something? Do I not like something? Do I know what type of careers there are available to me? Um, do I have an interest? Like, I do have a lot of eighth graders. I have an eighth grader right now who loves robotics. And so, you know, he knows he wants to further explore robotics. And this is a great summer for you to do that. If you don't know what you want, if you don't know what you want to be when you grow up or what you like or it's like your summer, eighth and ninth grade summers, those summers are great time to do some exploration and get some experiences. That could be in sports, it can be in science, it could be STEM, you know, it could be humanities. Like 
you know, just the reason you don't know why you don't, I mean, the reason you don't know what you want to do is because you haven't had enough experiences. And so like gathering those experiences this summer is going to be beneficial for you. So think about that type of stuff. Um, who wants to do 10th graders? I can do sophomores. Okay. So for a lot of sophomores, this is going to be the summer where you're going to be preparing a lot for your main test, which will either be the SAT or the ACT. Um, so in that summer is when a lot of our students will do some type of SAT boot camp, um, when they'll maybe start ramping up their independence preparation for, for the SAT or the ACT. In addition, if your grades were not the best during your first two years of high school, then this summer can be used as a uh, way for you to take community college classes or online classes that can help you to boost your GPA. Um, if you have those two bases already covered, we have students who've taken the SAT as early as their freshman or sophomore years, and you don't need to do any additional studying, then this is the time where you can also apply for potential summer programs related to your interests or internships related to your interests. Um, and I think kind of like it is for your eighth grade and ninth grade years, it's a good time for you to explore. Hopefully we're coming closer to uh, solidifying your potential major for college. And this is a chance for you to, uh, to, to again, explore that interest a bit further mm-hmm. um, by going to one of these summer programs or, or doing these internships. Mm. Awesome. Uh, and then juniors. Juniors. So uh, I'll take this one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of similar to Richard. So these aren't like black or white, but they're just things to consider. So a lot of things you said also pertain to incoming juniors. Mm-hmm. You're now going to be a freshly minted upperclassman in high school. Mm-hmm. So um, this summer is really important. It's actually really important in a couple of ways. On the application, they actually ask, how have you spent your last two summers? You're going to have to answer that question in many ways. So this summer, what you do this summer is material to what's going to be described on your application. So, you know, do you have a summer program? Do you have things that you're um, diving deeper into your passions, as Richard mentioned, as a, as a sophomore, but even more important as a junior? Uh, and if you don't have a summer program, uh, can you find things to do? It does it, is it going to be a productive summer? Uh, that, I think that's the key thing. How is it productive? How have you grown? How have you used those 12 weeks or mm-hmm. a couple of months? And, and how have you grown into a young boy, mm-hmm. uh, young man, young, young woman? Because uh, you're getting into that age now. You're becoming an upperclassman. So they're going to look for things like that. There's also leadership camps. I should have mentioned that too. Yeah. So there's leadership camps like CASC. Um, there's a Red Cross leadership camp. There's Hobie. These leadership camps are a good way for you to spend your summers. Usually they're not too long, just a few days long, but they can also help you to develop your own leadership skills. And you can also put it on your resume and your applications. So mm-hmm. you might want to look into those options too. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so today is what, May? So you might be too late for some summer programs. Mm-hmm. If you're an incoming junior right now, a lot of the, those programs are... Uh, conferences or leadership activities have probably filled up mm-hmm. but you can always do creative things in your own community you volunteer at the library mm-hmm. um, just little things independent they, projects independent projects so you, it's, it's a good time to be creative and you try to bridge your something to do in the summertime with your passions yeah, mm-hmm. yeah perfect um seniors yeah seniors all right so at this point hopefully you've made a deposit it is may 1st and so you know what school you're going to go to and these questions will typically arise number one how important is it to keep up to date with your newly acquired student portal for those who are unaware once you get accepted to a school you're more likely going to get invited to uh, a website kind of like a student login where they'll keep you up to date with all the paperwork the contracting the housing questions the meal plan decisions so it's very important that at that point, you start regularly logging in to your student portal for whichever college you got accepted to because 
things like this can pop up randomly. Like, hey, by the way, please sign this contract form and submit it back in two weeks. And if you don't do it within that time, you could lose your position for housing, for example. So mm. one of the big things for seniors, start making it, uh, make it a habit to go on to your, uh, your college portal, student portal, and, and just keep up to date there. Um, another question I get, I was invited to admit day. Should I go? So some schools call this acceptance day, accept day, admit day. Um, it's not a requirement to go. Essentially, it's a, it's like a, it's like an, a day of celebration and exploration mm. on the school or near schmoozing. the school. Schmoozing. You sh it's, you know, schmoozing is a concept we say in like upper professional networking where you go to a fancy gala. 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 <laughs> That's great. Who's, that who's awake great. here today? Who's awake here today? Uh, All right. A gala. Yeah, a gala. A gala. Also known as a gala. Thank you, 12th grade uh, Mrs. Gala, who taught me how to use that word. Um, yeah, that's where you go around and say hello. You shake hands. You kind of get to meet people. Um, admit day is not required to go, but it's a fun day. And you get to kind of see what kind of students you'll be entering into the school with. So I would highly recommend it. Take a day off and enjoy it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, the other more important aspect uh, or day that you need to be looking out for once you have uh, deposited is uh, orientation day. And orientation is essentially when you meet with the guidance counselor of your college and that's when you sign up for your first term courses. So that becomes also very important in the event you want to consider major changing and things like that. So um, making sure that you sign up for orientation day. Mm -hmm. Other questions I get during the summer, is it necessary to keep pursuing internships, summer programs and research? Mm -hmm. My argument, nah. You've had four years of grinding. Honestly, this is your one chance to kind of relax. Relax a little bit, yeah. yeah. Um, there's a spend reason why- Spend time with family. I tell students family. that all the time. Yeah, it's going to be one of the, like the beginning of the end of your nuclear family, if you think about it. Um, after I went off to college, it became harder and harder for my family to have those like typical family road trips and things like that because you're all growing up to be adults now. Right. So spending time with family. Um, but yeah, um, if you wanted to continue pursuing internships, summer programs, you can be my guest and do so. Uh, but I honestly don't see too much value in that. Um, you can go to college and you get a lot more experiences and opportunities there. That's the reason college exists. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you took some time off to enjoy family time and personal time, I would not be upset about that. Mm -hmm. uh, should I consider previewing courses or even GPA boosting classes? What did we just talk about? You can enjoy and relax a little bit. Yeah, really. Um, I, I just feel like once you go to college, this type of mindset of, I don't know. It's like a hovering Asian mom telling you, oh, you should take preview classes and things like that. I just I find that counterintuitive to what college is about. Um, so, again, I don't mind if you relax to spend time with personal family. Yeah, I think I think the key point you're trying to say is it's important to be balanced when you're going to college. Right. If, the, if that balance is off kilter for some reason and you're just grinding continually, I mean, it could it could have repercussions later on that you don't yeah. want to have. You know, the one thing I would take here is the next question. Should I get a summer job? I'm actually cool with that idea. Um, on the one hand, it helps you out because you're going to be strapped for cash as a poor uh, college student. Uh, so having extra cash to spend is always good. Uh, on the flip side, having a summer job might be a completely different pace change. You know, uh, not a lot mm -hmm. of our high school students have had job experiences. Mm -hmm. And so having that first experience prior to going to college can really develop you in different ways than you might expect. And so I I'm a fan of that. I recommend it, too. It's a good good uh, learning opportunity. Didn't you work at Disney? Yeah, I worked at Disneyland for some. Yeah, what was your job yeah. at Disney again? Uh, we won't go into that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was Disneyland. Okay. Uh, I, I learned things there. You know, I, le I learned things during that experience. It was short and sweet, but uh, it was cool. Yeah, yeah. Summer jobs are awesome. Yeah. And then there's last two questions. You know, should I take a gap year? What is it? You know, when is a good time to take a gap year? Um, 
generally speaking students i think that your freshman year is a very exciting time and you may be anxious about it and mistakes will be made but that's okay it's freshman year mm -hmm. and so if you are trying to take a gap year to make sure that you have a perfect freshman year like i just don't find that to be a good idea mm -hmm. you're just delaying it your education um but there are instances where taking a gap year makes sense uh, whether it's due to family circumstances whether you want to take the time to re-identify what your major and passions are um Gap years, I'm I'm kind of it depends on every student. Yeah, and last it's but not least, very yeah. dependent, dependent. And last but not least, when uh, when and how do I sign up for my first college courses? Uh, we mentioned that earlier. That's actually at orientation. So making sure that you're logging onto your student portal regularly mm -hmm. and looking out for that orientation sign up. Uh, make sure that you sign up for that. And when you go there, they'll tell you about what courses you should consider for your major. Yeah. Um, thank you, Jay, and thank you, everyone. That's really awesome. Hopefully, you guys are able to kind of consider these things as you um, close out the school year. Um, don't forget to subscribe and follow us on the podcast app or on our new website, www.thehallpasspodcast.com. Our Instagram is also the Hall Pass Podcast. And if you missed any of our episodes, you can find it on iTunes or our website. Uh, we want to thank our sponsors, the Admission Masters. Uh, for those of you who um, what, aren't sure how to navigate the end of the school year, this is a great time to join. Um, to get some personalized services and focus and tailor um, focus and tailor to make you uh, a successful student and overall person. Uh, thanks again for tuning in on season four, episode six. Again, feel free to send us emails on general topics and questions you might want us to cover in our podcast at the Hall Pass Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, until next time, everyone. Bye. See ya.